lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And let's get to it. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre. Our good friend Denise McAllister is back as well for the Dace Group. We'll be joining with her in just a moment. 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Parlor at Steve Dace. And then check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And we will be getting to the feedback that you've been sending us recently, as much of it as we possibly can, coming up in the next hour of the program but before we get to that of course it is time for the day screw Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by Simply Safe. What is the number one sign of a bad home security system? It's one that's so complicated that you never use it. And this is exactly the type of security system that Simply Safe has spent the last decade fighting against because they believe that simple is safer, which is exactly why it's the home security for right now when when feeling safe at home has never been more important since we're at home more than ever before. This is the home security system that we use and how simple is it to set up? Well, you know, I have, I'm pretty good at breaking down complicated ideologies which are often mythologies, in very uh, uh, direct, simple ways on this program. Not so good though at assembling things. I was even able to hook up the Simply Safe security system in our home in about five minutes, which is one of the reasons why it passed. Hey, Steve Days can hook this up. Uh, it passed the Best Overall Home Security of 2020 award for from U.S. News and World Report. Also, no technician or salesperson has to come and disrupt your house. None of these long-term expensive contracts and everything else. All right, and you get outstanding service, 24-hour a day, seven day a week uh, surveillance if you want it as well if you want to get this with free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee so what do you got to lose to try it for the next 60 days with free shipping go to simply safe s-i-m-p-l-i simplysafe.com slash truth bombs that's simplysafe.com slash truth bombs let's get to issue one bleep democrats say Do you really think Donald Trump is comparable to Adolf Hitler? You guys are Stop it! Whoa, whoa! Tonight I am authorizing the city to shut off Los Angeles Department of Water and Power Service in the egregious cases in which houses, businesses, and other venues are hosting unpermitted large gatherings. And I feel very strongly that he is Mussolini, Putin is Hitler. I said that back then. And I believe that. If you look at what happened in Europe when they shut down or locked down or went to shelter in place, however you want to describe it, they really did it to the tune of about 95 plus percent of the country did that. When you actually look at what we did, even though we shut down, even though it created a great deal of difficulty, we really functionally shut down only about 50 percent. If I were president today, I would roll back the reopenings in a number of places. There is a degree of anti-science feeling in this country. 
Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. I think Joe Biden made that, uh, perhaps he made that argument artfully. He didn't need to include the African-American community in the discussion. But the bigger point is he does seem to recognize that the Latino community is not one giant monolithic community. White people, there are white people who are not as powerful as the system of white people, the caste system, but they still, no matter where they are on the rung or the ladder of success, they still have their whiteness. Have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? Just a few minutes ago, my office filed a lawsuit against the National Rifle Association to dissolve the organization in its entirety for years of self-dealing and illegal conduct that violate New York's charities law and undermine its own mission. And, and now there are all these attacks about Black Lives Matter and what they're saying. I mean, how many of us even think that defunding police departments is uh, it should be taken literally? Now, let's talk about the bigger reality. What we're seeing here and what we've been seeing now for years is the result of global warming. By the way, breaking news out of New York. Governor Cuomo just announced he's reopening all of the schools in the state for in-person learning. Sports writer, Corona Bros, teacher unions, and frankly, a few Mangina Republican governors, hardest hit. I mean, that that's a narrative shifter, is what that is. And it also, I think, demonstrates how terribly... Uh, politically bad the 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 case the teacher unions have been trying to make for the last few weeks how terribly bad it is when the democrat governor of new york is the one who comes out publicly and steps on their necks right in the middle of them making it and that's going to have reverberations in other states other states are going to say hey if they can do this in new york state which was the hardest hit by the virus and look at our cases in Illinois by comparison, or Montana, or Nebraska. I don't, I'm not even, I don't even know what the individual school battle is in those particular states. But we're having one in our home state right now, all right, where you've got uh, two uh, metropolitan left-wing areas that are attempting to shut the state down for schools, and our governor is fighting back. Well, today, to have the governor of New York come and, and do what he did, that's a kneecapping to that case. So do you have a quick thought on that, Todd, before we get no, to no. The, the montage Aaron put together? Mine was what you just said. It is an absolute knee. I mean, how is a suburban district uh, in Des Moines, Iowa, supposed to tell anybody with a straight face that, uh, or really anywhere in America, but, frankly, that you know, you that the, our governor Kim Reynolds just hates kids and teachers and wants them to die. Why don't you talk to that? I state mean, if, over it, there? if it is safe to go back to school in New York City, which which was the which was the most the hardest hit, highest death area in the world. Except for China, which is lying, obviously. If it's safe to go back to school this fall yeah. in New York City, why is any suburban no. district or rural district in America, any of them, not putting the kids back in school? No, it is. Yeah, and it's the only thing I would add. It's 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 game over 
on every level other than the shameless scale that can still exist yeah. and people will find all kinds of reasons right. to, to do what they're going to do. Right. All right, let's look at the first question. Uh, just wanted to announce that news. It literally just broke right as we were going on the air here today. Uh, Denise, we'll start with you. What was your favorite confirmation of total depravity in Aaron's montage this week? I think one of the most frightening ones was the shutting off power to homes in LA if you're having gatherings inside of your home in your own private sphere. That should terrify everyone. That's an abuse of power like I've never seen in, in local politics like that. Uh, the other one I just have to say because I've been going after Oprah all week is her racism. Whenever you classify a group of people and say that they're this way or that way because they're whiteness, you know, if I said, you know, well, you know, there's a lot of black people with different kind of success, but, you know, they still have their blackness, I would be called a racist right. because I'm categorizing according to race. She is one of the biggest racists on the planet. She needs to be called out and she needs to be dis ignored because she's so in irrelevant to what's going on today. And she's only perpetuating this kind of black lives matter uh, propaganda that we need to get rid of. I, I love being lectured to by the, uh, the richest black woman on planet Earth who much of that wealth is because, at least in part, of the widespread acceptance she has received from white America and and how much she's been cherished. I love being lectured to by her on my whiteness and my privilege. I, I drove a seven-year-old car to work today. I left a home I've lived in for the last 14 years. Um, uh, where, where, where is this, where's this privilege at? Where, where, where am I getting this privilege? Do you guys, I mean, can you guys give me some accountability? Where, where was it when I was born to a 15 year old mom? It's the color of your skin. My, it's your whiteness. Right. Whiteness. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what, what, when I, when I was nationally syndicated by USA radio network and found out that the next day they weren't going to be able to meet payroll. And was, was that when I was given, was that, was that the white privilege? Was that it? Can I, I'm trying to figure out, was it, was it getting reduced lunches in school? Was it the going to get food stamps when I was a kid? Was it the government cheese we ate? When did I get my white privilege? I'm trying to figure out when that occurred. Do you know, we got, do you know when you got yours? Can you point to the moment? Like Na a salvation. Can you point I, to the moment you got your white privilege? Nationals 22 to 1 ticket. <laughs> <laughs> That's white privilege now, blind, stupid luck? Yeah. All right. Todd, what was your favorite uh, confirmation of total depravity this week? Uh, normally, I'd, uh, I'd veer off and go for the sake of uh, diversity of opinion, but mine was and is uh, Oprah. And th there's additional reasons. I remember, you know, being uh, when we were younger and when the Oprah show was on, that, that audience was filled with women who look like Denise every single day. She would be the equivalent of a blogger. For like BET or something at best, if it was not for the white women of America anointing her mm -hmm. uh, goddess status, there, there's no question about that. But there's even there's even more. I mean, she she's the answer to um, you know it's easier for a camel uh, to get through the eye of a needle than for Oprah Winfrey to get into heaven. I mean this this is this is utter nonsense uh, from one of the great pagan witches of the age and yep. furthermore she is the aaron, high priestess of american yeah, paganism aaron yes. i don't know if you can pull up the clip that you played but did, literally did you see how white the room was that she was in yeah i mean the walls everything look like self-awareness is this if this color is that evil you cannot be in a white room that that looks like that eckhart tolle 
Dr. Phil, how many white people has she then elevated? Yeah. Who are who are who are the major black figures in America? Gail King would be one, okay? Who else? I mean, Oprah Winfrey has been arguably the most influential and wealthiest black woman on this planet for 3 decades. So I'll give you Gail King. Tell me tell me who else in her sphere that's black she's elevated. Can you name anybody else? I don't. Then what the hell is she lecturing me for? She's just Gollum on the inside. That's all she is. Aaron. It was the bookends starting out the conversation, uh, conversation, uh, the lecture, the uh, struggle session, which is bleep Democrats say with. uh, So do you really believe that Donald Trump is akin to uh, is akin to Hitler? And then ending it with, um, yeah, this hurricane that we're seeing in New York, it's because of global warming. That's like that's that's that was normal times for us like a year ago. Ha ha ha. That's funny. That's funny. Those are tame bookends now. Cuz within that within that bookend was just the pit of hell, the mouth of madness. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dr. Anthony Fauci saying we didn't lock down better, harder, faster, stronger enough. And then uh, having the gall to say, yeah, there is really an anti-science sentiment in America. Yeah, I know. The, yeah. uh, the uh, you know, uh, uh, blacks are monolithic, but uh, Hispanics are not. Well, I don't think uh, Joe Biden made that uh, conversation artfully, but at least he grasped that uh, Hispanics are not uh, are not a monolithic group. And then Oprah Winfrey gra- grouping all whites into this, what you guys just talked about, this, this notion of white privilege. It's just, it's the embodiment of the moving target the moral subjectivism, the moral relativism, you know, it, it's whatever it is. It's it's definitely not a moral, a moral object or moral objectivism. Not at all. It's whatever they need it to be at any given time. It's just it is perpetual head spinning madness. That's America. Exit question on a scale of one to ten, with one being as meaningful as Mike Pence criticizing John Roberts in a meaningless interview, and ten being as screwed as we are by Mike, P- Mike Pence's coronavirus task force. Rate this week's level of total depravity, Todd. Ten. Denise. Ten is going to stay there. Aaron. Ten. Issue two. Joe Biden's brain. Boy, howdy, what a week for Joe Biden. Have you taken a cognitive No, test? I haven't taken a test. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump, who brags about his tests and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I, I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There are going to be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, it, I, I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I, I probably shouldn't say. Anyway, I am uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mental fitness. Yes. And by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. 
with incredibly different attitudes about different things. And then there was this montage put together by the GOP. You ask anybody in there whether or not the economic and foreign policy of this administration has made them better off in the last eight years. And, uh, and in addition to that, uh, in addition to that, we have to uh, make sure that we, uh, we are in a position that we are... We can insure every single solitary kid. We can provide catastrophic health insurance right off the bat. We can do that for the cost of the just one thing. The tax cut for people in the top 1%. Um, uh, and with, uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, you got to give them to the people who are going to spend the money. You got to deal with making sure American companies can be competitive, have a health care plan that doesn't put them at a disadvantage when they compete overseas. Um, you know, there's a, uh, during World War II, uh, you know, where Roosevelt came up with a thing uh, that uh, you know was totally different than a than the, the it's called he called it the you know. Dude, I have not seen. Dude, so Todd, I'll go to you with the first question since you've not yet seen that. Are the Democrats really going to go through with this, all the way to November third? An obvious dementia patient are they they're are they really going to do this are we really firing up the reo we're riding the storm out with a guy with dementia we're going to really do this for another 88 days are we i think so i think so the democrats believe that they can manage this as bad as it is better than the assortment that they had competing against Joe Biden, which is why that coup took place. When was that, Steve? I don't remember. Super Tuesday weekend. Okay. On on Friday of Super Tuesday, Joe Biden was, I mean, he was wearing a Star Trek red shirt. Then on Tuesday, they had necromanced him and he ends yeah. up winning going away states that he never even visited. Right. Yeah, that didn't accidentally happen. So It, it wasn't some weird twist of fate with the issues. They engineered this. So for them to engineer their way out of it what they're going to have to try to pull off you know there's joe biden well joe biden it seems would have to have been in on the possibility of him tapping out this close to election because otherwise if he's if joe biden's just no this is my turn i've been working for this how many times how do you how do you set him aside without making your in it's it's not just joe biden that would look insane it would be the entire party that would look insane because they engineered it do you think that looks less sane than this i i, I think because then you who do you who steps in who do you put in there i i don't i i i do i okay. honestly do there, i don't know i'm asking there's I'm enough asking. of a population of people of voters now if, the, if these commercials really grab people, but I, we're so peripherally, even in this heightened toxic political, with, with the world falling apart, you know, I don't, people will have, well, Democrat or old Joe. It, it's really hard to overcome people's laziness on things. And then do they, do they feel mean by thinking he's senile and look at Donald Trump next to him? He's just as old. I, I, okay. Denise, what do you think? 
This is a classic case of running against someone rather than for someone. So their focus is not having people look at at, uh, Joe Biden, but to focus on Donald Trump. And everything's directed toward hate toward him. And that's the focus that they will continue to have is that Trump is so bad, so incompetent. They're going to fuel the hate and the uh, anger and everything and the fear that's going on in the country today. They're going to direct that all to Donald Trump so that you're not really paying attention to what's going on with Biden. And Biden has enough of familiarity to him. People know him. There's comfort in that, even if they see him as being not quite competent. There's there's comfort in his in his history and his experience and his name. So they have that base and they already have the polarization here going. So they're really playing on the fear and the anger and directing it all toward Trump. And that's their strategy. Aaron. Yeah. So I I think that uh, I, I agree with Denise's analysis. My question for the Biden campaign is why would you do any live interviews at all? The only pressure that you're getting to come out from the basement is going to be from your opposition, your opponents. They have no control over the media, over the mainstream media anyway. So it's not like you're going to be getting any uh, any pressure from your own side, as it were. I mean, release a couple of well-produced videos where you can edit out the ums and ahs and uh, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Release two, three, four of those every single week uh, and, and call it good and just get to November. Don't don't debate because of coronavirus fears. Why would you do why would you do anything to risk putting your guy out in the spotlight? But he keeps doing these live interviews and I, I don't really understand. It's been clear that part of the strategy has been to keep him underground, under yep. wraps as much as possible. Yep. If that's gonna be your strategy, don't give the opposition anything at all. Anything at all. Either do it completely or just let him go out there and, and run, you know, with every single live interview that comes in. But I, I don't know why you would let mm. him out at all. Well, if if Trump's polling, if is genuinely improving, see that's the thing that's they're feeling this out right now. Do do we let him out? How much do we have to let him out? But driving all of it is that is is Trump is such an awful, awful human being and president, and he's he's Hitler. So it's it's why they were never really that worried about the whole Joe Biden dementia thing to begin with. I mean, they know they have to negotiate it, but I I just don't think they're terrified of it. I think we need to consider that there's an extra angle. There's a double angle to why the Democrat Party until what Andrew Cuomo did today. And I really think, and I was thinking about this, listening to what you guys just had to say. I think, you know, this, this, I, I think it's possible that this could be the organic event that we look back on November 3rd and say, this swung a lot of the opinion in the outcome that we eventually had. Because I, I, I think having New York State, where all the media lives, all the media works, sending the kids all back to school, the symbolism of that. Nothing's more normal. That's right. That's the, that, we've told you all along, the number one linchpin, even more than the churches reopening, the number one linchpin was what? The kids had to go back to school. Okay? If New York State is going to do this, and it appears that they are. 
just like when the first state did a lockdown that touched off a wave, this will touch off one too. The amount of political cover now that Republican governors like Kim Reynolds have that are fighting that battle in their own state here where we live, the amount of whatever political capital Kim Reynolds thought she had or cover she thought she had to wage this war 24 hours ago, multiply by 10,000 right now. Agreed. I mean, I think, I think, I, I think, and you have to ask yourself, why would Andrew Cuomo do this? Well, if, if it's kind of hard on one hand to argue, to gaslight everybody that you're some success story and you yeah. beat the virus and then the kids are all at home at the exact same time. It's impossible to argue those two things. And if you're interested in a future presidential run, then this actually buffers his narrative that they did beat the virus. And that's why we were the first school, the first, first major metropolitan state to put out a blanket, everybody's going back to school policy because we did beat the virus. I, I, you know, I'm putting my money where my mouth is, that we did do it right. And, I'm, and I, I trust that our kids are, and our teachers are safe, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think this is clearly a case of him putting his political wherewithal ahead of Joe Biden. Because I think the other factor, there, we've always looked at the Democrats or teams shut down from keep the economy shut down for as long as they can. And you had the, the July jobs report today. And, and now we, we, we are hovering right around getting 10%, getting under 10% unemployment. Um, the other factor is it keeps Joe Biden off the campaign trail. Because as long as, as Trump is seen as widely unpopular and it's not safe to campaign, then Biden doesn't have to be out there going. He's escaped really most of the heat of the summer of, of going around, you know, having the fearing that he might be the next William Jennings Bryan. If you remember that story, um, just going around the summer and, and can't physically hang out and, 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 and hold up during that process. He's been allowed to escape almost all of that part of the process. If we get back to some normalcy and campaigning begins, on, on even a even not rallies, but just visits to plants with masks and stuff on, the pressure on him then to come out, and the and the mileage that puts on him. I, I think the 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 lockdowns don't just help them with keeping Trump's economic success under wraps, but it also keeps Joe Biden under wraps. And I think and Andrew makes, Cuomo struck a blow against that today that we may look back on 80 some days from now on November the 3rd and say, hey, you know, remember when I told you yesterday? What did I say yesterday? Now is actually the time to buy the Trump stock. Not saying he can come back and pull this out, but his stock can't be any lower than it is right now. This is the time to make the wager on the political markets for Trump. That's a, what Andrew Cuomo did today is, for, is a huge boost to Donald Trump, in my opinion because of the way it's ultimately going to play out. Denise, do you want to comment on that? Well, I don't know. Only because the school situation in particular is so focused on the governors and they can't blame Trump for the closing of the schools or praise him for the opening of the schools. It's all on the Democrats. And women in particular are burdened by the by the children being at home. They need the women's vote. Women are unhappy. They may be scared about their kids going to school, but they also don't like the pressure of having all the kids at school. Let me tell you, women are not happy that their kids are at home. And so they're angry. Their anger can only be directed toward the Democratic governors, and they don't like that. The Democratic governors want the lockdown. That's a good point. That's a good point. But, 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 but Trump benefits them. because of Denise. If all these people are going back to work, he's the president. He benefits from that perspective. If the, right. Listen, if the unemployment rate, if we come out of this and the unemployment rate on November the 3rd is like 8.75%, that's a huge win for Donald Trump, in my view. Well, 
A huge Again, win. The words normalcy, reality that we've been talking about, it's a return. Agreed. It's, it's, the chaos goes away. Agreed. Yeah, clearly, Andrew, so what you're saying is you agree with me. Andrew Cuomo put his own political viability ahead of what's best for Democrats with Joe Biden on a national level. He clearly did that today. Except that the school issue is so is so state focused. You know, it they, is focused he, as an issue, Denise. But the, the the ramifications of all these people going back to work. You're both right. That yeah, no, it, it, yeah. That's the well, that's the part I'm arguing. They're trying to keep people from not going back to work, and because that could help Trump. Yes. Um, but they want kids to go to school because right. that they don't think that'll help Trump, but it will help. Exactly, Democrats. it will help him because now people are going back. That's why people were all sent home. That's why the well, is it safe to be home? That's why the kids. That's why the schools were the last thing to shut down because they knew if they did that, it shut the whole economy down. Because where do we put all these children all day long, right? So if you're to send all the kids back now, people are going to go back to work even more than they already were. Let's get to the exit question. Um, true or false? Trump can win re-election on Biden's mental incompetency alone, even if the economy doesn't markedly approve, improve between now and Election Day. And I ask this question because it's clear that's the Trump campaign's pitch. Quickly, 30 seconds. No. False. Denise? No. False. False. I agree that it's false. But, if he, but I wrote this also before he got a massive boost from Andrew Cuomo today. I mean, if we're going to have single-digit unemployment coming out of the worst pandemic in 50 years... And the guys got dementia? I think that absolutely improves his odds then. It does. All right, we'll come back more in a moment. Back here on the Dace Group, your weekly look at the week that was. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and... Our good friend Denise McAllister joining us for the panel this week. Let's get to issue three, the full George Floyd footage. The body cam footage of the arrest and moments leading up to the death of George Floyd was leaked online this week. Early in the footage, one of the officers has a gun on him and tells him repeatedly to put his hands on the steering wheel. Floyd says, I got shot the same way before. At that point, the officer reminds him to put his hands on the wheel and obey. The police tell him repeatedly to get out of the car, but he keeps saying, please don't shoot me, please don't shoot me, yet he refuses to obey them. At the 128 moment, Floyd says, I just lost my mom, man. Floyd's mother died about two years ago. At the 151 mark, a female voice is heard saying, stop resisting. Floyd continues to resist arrest as they're trying to cuff him. At about the 212 point, the officer says, stop resisting. At the 219 mark, the police finally get the cuffs on Floyd and put him into the back seat of his car. In the seconds before a break at 357, one of the bystanders, a black woman, tells an officer that Floyd has mental problems. Then at 357, we see Floyd cuffed and standing on the street. An officer says, are you on something right now? No, nothing, says Floyd. The autopsy of Floyd showed he had fentanyl and meth in his system at the time of his death and also found Floyd had severe heart disease and died of a heart attack. At 526, Floyd tells the officers that he is claustrophobic, this to say that he doesn't want to get into the police's SUV, even though he had just been driving in his own SUV minutes before. Throughout the video, you can hear the police officer's frustration yet they remain non-confrontational relative to Floyd's behavior. At the 618 mark of the video, the officers order him four or five more times to get into the SUV. He keeps refusing. He claims he's afraid that he's claustrophobic, that he won't be able to breathe. 
Voices of bystanders tell him to do what the cops tell him to do and to quit trying to win. Floyd says he's, quote, not trying to win. At around the 8.12 mark, they finally put Floyd on the ground. He's continuing to protest, I can't breathe. And that's the end of the video. The body cam footage reveals that Floyd didn't just resist arrest. He spent at least eight minutes resisting, gasping, and shrieking while refusing to obey orders by the police who were merely investigating him for alleged forgery. Floyd had four previous criminal convictions and had done a stint in prison for assault and robbery. Getting taken in for forgery probably would have resulted in even more of jail time. The knee to the back procedure, which we've been told is barbaric and the cause of Floyd's death, was only deployed after the eight plus minutes of Floyd's resisting the officer's orders and at the time was permitted under Minneapolis police procedures as a quote unquote non-deadly force option for restraining those who resist arrest. Former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was originally charged with manslaughter in the death of Floyd, but Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison upgraded the charges to second-degree murder, which requires proving premeditation, something that's going to be very difficult to do after seeing the new footage. Though it still strains incredulity as to why Officer Chauvin kneeled on the neck of Floyd for so long, the media narrative that Chauvin brutalized Floyd from the get-go before supposedly murdering him has been absolutely blown to bits by the revelations this week. So what happened here to this man touched off the worst wave of protest and and then riots. I want to make sure we draw a distinction that every protest was a riot, okay? But there were protests and there were riots and then there were protests that, that descended into riots, right? So, but um, we had, it, it, it touched off insurrection, we had nine square mile, nine square blocks in the Capitol complex of Seattle declared a CHAZ, an, an autonomous zone against uh, the United States of America. I mean, I, I'm 47 years old now. I'd never seen, I wasn't alive for what happened in 1968. So I, I've never seen anything like what we saw all throughout this country in the entire month of June. It may have also contributed to mass spreader events. You know, it looked like this virus is about to die out around the 1st of June, everywhere you looked around the country. That's why we were reopening everywhere you looked around the country. And then we had these protests. And as I noted yesterday with researcher Phil Kirpin, uh, when you look at the Sunbelt wave, a lot of their ER visits for COVID symptoms, those their rates are back to where they were in mid-June. What was going on in mid-June in a lot of these Sunbelt states? The George Floyd protests, funerals in Texas, et cetera. Okay. So, I mean, this, this is a transcendent story. And yet, when this footage was released, it has barely been covered by the media. It didn't even trend on Twitter, guys. Why? Denise, I'll start with you. Well, because it goes against the narrative that's empowering everything political right now. This is now completely tied to politics into the election and it has been so they can't let this narrative get out that there was any kind of justification to what happened to floyd because the narrative that there's white privilege and systemic racism and killing of blacks by police officers across the country is working it's working it's capturing the imagination and the bowing and kneeling of whites themselves it's working in the polls it's working in hollywood and media and all across every social media platform so there's a lot of power behind it and there's no way that they're going to have anything disrupt that so you're right of course this is all going to get played at a trial and it's going to get played at a trial that's going to be covered nationally 
doesn't matter. So it so, doesn't matter. So what? It, I know it doesn't matter to them, Denise. But, right. <laughs> but a lot more people are going to see this when that happens than are than have watched it right now, right? So what happens? Oh. What happens when a lot more people see it than have seen it right now? What happens then? Well, some minds will be changed, some, but people are so entrenched. They'll still look at the last part of that. They'll they'll still buy the narrative and it will take a lot of time and a lot of undoing for that propaganda and that brainwashing and indoctrination to be released from the minds of people. It's frustrating. I think there will be people who will wake up to it, but not enough. I mean, this has really captured the imagination of of the uh, America and and it's not going to change. And it's built on other cases that have resulted in the same kind of justified killings. And we've had this time, we've seen this play out before. Um, and it's why people say, and don't don't get upset about the BLM thing right now, let them have their moment because it'll pass and we'll get new information. I hope that will happen, but there's so much power behind it right now, like I've never seen before around this issue. And it's because it's in a political uh, election season. Uh, I don't see it being let go by people because the guilt, the white guilt has taken hold so deeply in America and among white Americans and the blacks know it, know it and white guilt is black power and they're not going to relinquish that. They're just not. Now I'm not advocating by the way for Derek Chauvin as a model police officer. All right. I, I mean, when you watch that video, I also don't understand um, kneeling on somebody's neck for nine minutes. I, I get that it's non-lethal force. Is it non-lethal force though for nine minutes to have a grown man kneeling on your neck for nine minutes? For nine minutes, okay. Now I'm I'm pretty strong, uh, you know, uh, in 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 with, with squat power in my legs, and I and I'm weighed 260 pounds. Todd, if I kneel on your neck for nine minutes, and you don't have fentanyl and meth and everything in your system like this man had, or heart disease as we found out that he had in the in 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 the in in the autopsy, I kneel on your neck, dude. It's for probably, nine minutes. What's going to happen? It's to probably you? over for me too. Yeah. So I mean, that's a spit, but. But they didn't go for bad police practices. They didn't go for, they didn't even go for manslaughter, which is an unjust death. They upped this to an an act of premeditation. They have set these officers up to get acquitted Rodney King style when this body cam footage comes out. I have a hard time believing that Keith Ellis has not seen this body cam footage before he upped the charges from what they originally were by the local DA. I don't know how you could possibly make any kind of a premeditated argument there. And so we're just given a false choice now Now that either you have to believe that these cops were great, particularly Derek Chauvin, who has a record of not being great, by the way, we know that, or you have to believe that this was a, 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 essentially a, a lynching with a knee to the neck. It, it doesn't look like either one of those things is true. So then there will be no justice then. He just will get acquitted probably and we'll have more and more riots. I mean, what am I missing here? Well, your own thinking that came out in the last couple of days of, about uh, how you you wonder how democrats ever lose anything mm-hmm. that's what's going on here they are allowed to get away with anything and that sense is only growing and growing and growing and there's a, amongst people even on the right there's a reason why this isn't trending because because i think even you know conservative twitter could have made this trend sure but he, their their sense about as it relates to this and these riots i think is very if if it hasn't been spoken yet it's felt just like you like how did this video not get leaked 
the day right. after this happened, if right. you wanted to show like the, it's the reverse of Ray Rice. Yeah, you see the video. You that guy hit a woman, and if you want clarity on this and like gray area and things go bad sometimes, this we're all as a country watching this video within 24 hours of this this death being reported before there's a single riot in the streets because people are like we got to get it all out there so this doesn't go tinderbox. This has been going on for months. It's like I I was not interested. I, I watched it, but I'm the horse is so far out of the barn on this damn thing, Steve. I'm not even pretty. I knew that it was going to look something like this. We knew this guy was just not going to church. There was going to be something mm-hmm. like this happening. Everybody knows it at this point, but it doesn't matter, Steve. The truth doesn't matter. Aaron, you have a very quick take on this? It's just, it comes down to people want to believe what they what they yes. want to believe, and, and this situation gave them at, at least enough of an inkling of a thought uh, <laughs> to be able to, uh, to, to, you know, to put more to put more strength behind this idea that America is systemically racist. There are marauding racist police officers going around and systemically murdering black young men or black men. That's all that they needed was another video. I mean, we saw the protesters still repeating the hands up, don't shoot, which the Obama Justice Department, Eric Holder said, Michael Brown never even said that. Eric Holder reported that. I I don't, what is it, what? Maybe this is I, I. Maybe I'm way off base here. What do you think in your mind? If somebody actually chased down and shot a black man, or an officer who's kneeling on a black man's neck, which do you think would be a little bit more uh, infuriating or irksome to the general population? The first or the second? The somebody, first. The first. Yeah. Why didn't we get these? riots why didn't we get these protests why didn't we get these uh all of these things with the case of ahmaud arbery right that's a good point exit question true or false if the officers are acquitted of secondary murder it will ignite even worse protests than ones we saw in june todd i'll buy denise well, i've seen it before in other trials yes there will be protests but will they be worse than the ones we already had Yes, because it's an election season. But when will the trial happen? Yeah, we, I don't know that yet. I don't know that they've set a trial date yet that I've seen. Aaron? I, I, if I can explain this, I don't think they will be. With the American left, it's kind of like the Taliban. They do most of, they do most of their work in the summer when it's actually nice outside. Yeah. If this, I think the trial is set for October or sometimes. It? Okay. If it's, if it's you know, cold and stuff, it's going to be a, hard, a heck of a lot harder to actually yeah, do. Yeah, but then it's rioting. right before the election, man. Yeah. Right before the election. Issue four, the Big Ten football schedule. You want to set this one up? Yeah. I guess I didn't know I had to do that. Sorry. I thought I mentioned that before the show. You did not mention it before the show. Did he mention it before the show? I'm not getting in between this. No, he didn't. I have no idea. He didn't mention it before the show. That's all right. The Big Ten has released its football schedule. All right. They're they're saying they're going to be the first league as of things stand right now to start play on Thursday, September 3rd. All right. So for Labor Day weekend, the traditional start. Fall camps in the Big Ten for every team opened today. Actually, for Ohio State and Illinois, that first game they opened yesterday. So the first and only question, true or false, there will be at least one of the Big Ten's scheduled football games on Labor Day weekend. Aaron, true or false? True. Todd? True. Denise? True. I think it's true, too. I do. I think what games get played on a week-to-week basis after that is a roll of the dice. 
But that Labor Day weekend, I think most of those games are actually getting played that first weekend. All right, let's get to predictions. Aaron, go. So I actually will predict that not a single, I'm going to go really, really optimistic here, not a single Power 5 conference game, conference game, will be canceled altogether. Maybe rescheduled, but not a single Power 5 conference game will be canceled. Wow. All right. That is a bold prediction. That is bold. Okay. Todd, yours. And thinking about uh, Cuomo in the schools, I think there's just in the near-term diminishing returns, but I uh, I think come um, late October, um, schools will be re-shut down at that time to gain electoral advantage. Denise? I think those uh, paper masks, you know, the bl- the blue ones that we all wear that are ma- that are passed out, yep. that used to be sold for about fifteen cents a piece, will be sold for about two dollars a piece within the next few months. It's it's up to a dollar fifty in, in some pharmacies now a piece, so that's going to keep rising. So there's going to be a whole market of a whole bunch of people making money off all these masks. Yeah, just leave the same contaminated one in your car and just put that on whenever you need to. That's what I do. All right. I literally just have it hanging like the fuzzy dice right there. I got to just grab it. It's, it's been sneezed on, contaminated, had air freshener in it. I just, whatever, man. Okay. Um, I'm t- changing my, what I had based on this Cuomo news today. I think if indeed it is Kamala Harris as Biden's running mate, and I'm inclined to think now that it will be because her name has gone silent while everybody else has been vetted. Have you noticed this? No, we're, vet, we're yep. vetting. We're vetting this. This the Scientologist who loves Castro. We're vetting Susan Rice. There's been nothing on Kamala Harris. All right. I think it could very well be his VP. Um, but I think the only one that was on the list that could really ignite some new interest was Val Dennings, and it appears that she's nowhere to be found. Um, with a with a lame VP pick, you have the Democrat, the most the most powerful Democrat governor in the nation reopening the schools and now you have this jobs report i'm going to predict that 30 days from today donald trump's polling profile is dramatically at the end of september his polling profile is in dramatically better shape than it sits today it was dramatically already, better yeah it was already starting to tighten up well bare minimum what does that mean you got to put it like within a margin for error yeah like everywhere, everywhere. And I think that, that if their strategy is, and I, don't, I think it's a risky strategy to put everything on these debates, man, because now you've set your own expectations so high that you have to dominate, right? You can't just win. But if the fear was that, that his polling would be so bad that Biden could come up with an excuse to not show up, well, he didn't pay it, we, we don't have his tax returns, he lies too much, whatever their excuse was gonna be. I think that that excuse is off the table in these next 30 days, that things are going to tighten considerably and force Joe to come out of the basement because the the hit that he'll take for not doing so, he won't have a big enough lead to absorb that, that he has, frankly, maybe right now or last week. All right, Denise, good to see you. As always, thanks for joining us. You too, thanks. All right, we'll come back. Feedback Fridays next. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. 
I'm Steve Dace. Aaron McIntyre here with me as well as Todd Erzin. 888-900-3393 is the number. If you would like to join us, you can also email the program, steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Parlor at Steve Dace and then youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And the last name is D-E-A-C-E. If you're a podcast listener, thank you to all of you who do that. You're every bit as appreciated as everybody that's listening live. Just please do us a favor. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button wherever you podcast this show through and then give us a five-star review because the more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow. And thank you to the thousands of you all over America that have given us five-star reviews already. Let's get to some Feedback Friday brought to you by ScoreMaster, which was created by data scientists, credit data scientists that want to put you back in charge of your credit score. And the average credit or the average ScoreMaster user raises their credit score 61 points in 20 days or less. That's impressive. 61 points in 21 days or less because it's a new science that super boosts your credit score faster and easier than anything you've tried before because it puts you in control of your credit score. You learn things that you don't maybe understand or get to know because these are the kinds of things that the banks and the lenders, they get to see that you don't. And now you get to see it as well. So Here's why you want to do this. Having a better credit score improves a lot of areas in life. Uh, getting a home loan, buying a, buying a car, refinancing, even getting a job nowadays. A lot of times you've got, to, you've got employers that are looking at credit scores. So you should have the power over your own credit score, not the banks. And ScoreMaster gives you that control. You can enroll in minutes and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. You'll be shocked at how fast you can do it. Visit scoremaster.com slash Steve. That's scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's get to Feedback Friday, and I want to go back to what we mentioned last hour, because there are there's organic events that occur. I know we like to think we're in charge down here, or we can predict everything, or forecast everything, and we can't. We can't. I mean, <laughs> no one in the no one was going to forecast that Donald Trump was going to win in 2016 by less than 78,000 total votes in three states. And a lot of those margins he won by is because a lot of black voters in places like Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia, that voted for Barack Obama enthusiastically twice, didn't show up to vote for Hillary Clinton. And that's why, that's why everything's been racist for the last few years, guys. Because the Democratic Party, see that as the media, um, they saw those numbers too. And they had two options here. One was to nominate a candidate as inspiring and charismatic as Barack Obama to win those voters back. But in case that kind of candidate wasn't on the horizon, I mean, after all, this this is the party led by Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. So in case that, that candidate wasn't on the horizon, best to race bait this thing as much as we possibly can if we can't positively reinforce these folks to vote for us, let's see if we can do it negatively. And that explains a lot of the super duper hyperdrive race baiting we have seen the last few years. And then there's moments like a virus where it looks like the Democratic Party can't get out of its own way. 
It literally has to necromance a dead candidacy in order to stop Bernie Sanders from becoming the first Soviet to win a major presidential party's nomination. And 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 Biden can't get out of his own way. And Donald Trump is presiding over the best economic boom we've had since the dot-com boom. Um, and then this thing called coronavirus occurs. Right? There's There's organic moments that you just could not have forecasted or did not see coming. The death of George Floyd turned out to be one of those moments, right? I think it is possible we had one of those moments today with what Andrew Cuomo did, with a blanket reopening of the schools in the state of New York. He's the most prominent Democratic governor in America, He's quite possibly the, I mean, he's sitting at about a 65% approval rating in the state of New York. Could he be the most popular Democrat in America in elected office? He's in the conversation, right? On a weighted scale. I mean, in New York, if you broaden that out to a national, but... Yeah, who, yeah, who, okay. I think who nationally right. would, could you think of? Could you, come, could you come up with three or four names right now that you're like, to the average Democrat, that person's more popular than Andrew Cuomo is. Right On a now. national scale? Yeah. Not three or four. So, I mean, he's in the running. I see yeah, your he, point. Yeah, he would be in that group. Whatever yeah. the group is, he's in the group. I just, I'm okay. having a hard time getting past my utter loathing of the man. So, but you're well, right. Well, I, I. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We haven't learned one thing on this show over the years. It's how to compartmentalize, right? <laughs> All right. Um, but um, this is a prominent figure that the media has expended a good deal of its capital gaslighting for in the last few weeks, right? Retconning him as a coronavirus hero, savior, right? Mm-hmm. And now... Now he's doing a blanket reopening of the schools, and that, that has been the battle in this country for the last week, or last month, which we told you all along it was going to be, because it is the linchpin to the return to normalcy. It is, it is the biggest move back to normalcy than anything else is, even reopening the churches, which is another one of the linchpins, it is, but it's not as big. I mean, one out of every four Americans is a minor. And the overwhelming amount of them go to some form of a private or public school. It's like 90 some odd percent. Okay. So this is the biggest because also now I feel like it's safe for me as a parent to go back to work. My kids are accounted for for the next eight, you know, for eight hours a day during my shift. You know what this is like, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, to have him do what he did today. It really steps on the neck of the teacher union messaging across the country. Joe Biden just said last week it wasn't safe to reopen the schools, remember? Now, Joe Biden won't remember that, okay? (laughs) But he did just say, remember we had that clip of him saying last week, he didn't think it was safe to reopen the schools. The National Democratic Party was aligned in this messaging. And it was clear that the teacher unions were now the proxy for the Biden campaign. Since the Trump camp, since since the Trump White House, this is the one area where they have att- attempted to aggressively message reopening. Right, the schools. They brought the American Academy of Pediatricians to the, the White House. Michael Redfield, the 
head of the CDC has sounded like the Steve Day show on this topic for the last few weeks. Now he's even talking about, well, if you look at our stratified numbers, there's far more issues with the youth and, and suicide and depression and drug use because of lockdowns than there is the, the risk of schools, right? He's said this in several different formats he has. So this was clearly the proxy war for the campaign that Joe Biden doesn't have to wage because with the country still in some form of lockdown, he gets to hide out in the basement. So the real, the real day-to-day campaign for right now has been the, the White House versus the teacher unions or Republican governors versus the teacher unions like we see in our state, right? Mm-hmm. To have the most prominent Democratic governor in the country come out today and just go Hiroshima on the teacher unions. Folks, that's going to have... I believe anyway. Maybe I'll be wrong. I don't think I will be, though. I I think that is a massive thwarting of the National Democratic Party messaging. And as we get to Feedback Friday and your emails, this email wasn't in my uh, collection of what I was going to respond to. But I'm going to retroactively... This is where my prodigious memory helps me because I remember him sending me this email last week. Our old friend, Constantinus Roditis. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He was on the ballot in California in the last cycle, right? Yeah. Uh, 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So comptroller, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Dude, could you imagine what the inside of the California books, budget books look like? <laughs> could you, could, can you even imagine what, what, it would take to wrap your mind around the calif to be the ca- state of the People's Republic of California's comptroller. He didn't win, but he did get a few million votes, as I recall, or at least a couple million votes, right? Something like that. He sent me a note last week, Constantinus did. And he predicted that much of the lockdowns would end by the end of August. And he said it's because, he said there were two dynamics at play. One is that the Democrat, and they were both internal Democrat Party politics, that Democrat governors could not withstand the not having the kids return to school, having mass unemployment. I looked today, the top 10 list of states. In unemployment in America right now. Now, Massachusetts is number one. It has a Massachusetts Republican, Charlie Baker, as the governor who, you know, it, we know from our history with Massachusetts Republicans, they're basically to the left of, of, a, of a Texas Democrat, right? Okay. The next nine states for the highest unemployment in the country, guess which party's governor of these states? Democrats are governor of the next nine of the top 10 states with the highest unemployment in America, okay? And his, his analysis was, that between the pressure to reopen the schools and the parents and the moms, like what Denise McAllister was saying last hour, mm-hmm. that a lot of these are Democrat voter moms or they're suburban moms that Democrats are trying to reach because they don't, they, they've got an opening to reach these voters they haven't in the past because these women don't like Trump. And, and we know this. We know these women. We, go, we live in these neighborhoods. A lot of these women don't like Donald Trump. 2018 bore that out. Yes, yes. And so Democrats think they have a way inroad into these suburban women who are moderately conservative um, because they uh, because of their disdain for Trump. And so he said, hey, the pressure to reopen these schools and to get their economies going again. Now that we're heading into the fall, these moms are going to be speaking up and say, hey, you know, I I can't I can't stay home. What do I do with all these kids? And then he said, 
All these Democrat governors like my own, he said, Gavin Newsom, that want to be the nominee for the Democratic Party, they don't gain anything by Joe Biden winning. Right. They're, he's, they're not going to be his running mate. And if he wins the presidency and then can't, sur- can't survive his term, that person, whoever that is, takes the presidency, becomes the, the next standard bearer for the Democratic Party. And he predicted there would be Democratic governors here in the month of August. Between those two temptations to make serious inroads with these suburban women um, who want these schools reopened. And I mean, we saw it here in Iowa. All these districts took these polls. Do you want to send your kids back to school? The numbers were like 75, 80% in almost all of them across the state, right? And and so the temptation to reach and, and appease these suburban voters, but then the that this lines up with their own personal political aspirations that they're perfectly, they don't care they don't they don't get anything if joe biden wins they get to riff off of trump they know trump will give them a bunch of big government bailouts too and the nomination is open for them in 2024 and he predicted to me that this would be the month that much of the country's lockdowns would end and dude if you're watching right now brother that is exactly what i think andrew cuomo just did today I think you saw a convergence of those yeah. two events. Yeah, well, every, talking about this a little earlier, off air, every gangster, every Don Corleone, you know, there, there's the, 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 the knowledge everybody has that if you cross him, it's going to be bad. But most people are just living their lives and they're like, and they get, the, the, the gangster knows that they have to grease the skids with those people and just, you know, little favors here and there. You can't let your streets just go into chaos chaos and and to the degree they have a relationship there uh the teachers unions and cuomo Cuomo's the one who gets directly elected those unions don't and he's right. like like i ain't going down like that now there's another phase to this though obviously and like here in iowa now every every school district has to come up with their plans the cuomo and his department of ed have got to improve it this is an interesting game of chicken like if those teachers union decide um at the end of the day, you know, if we have to, if going to war with Donald Trump means we need to go to war with you too, this could get really interesting. If he does not give, if the, if one of their options is I'm, uh, we're shutting down these school districts, and Cuomo has to deal with that, it's not done yet. There's going to be layers. It's not to done this. yet, but I, that scenario I think benefits Trump as well. And I'm hey, I've been very pessimistic this entire time on his reelect chances because I'm just looking at the environment, but. A Cuomo versus the teacher union war helps Trump too, because he can message that as these unions are so ridiculous. I don't disagree. Andrew Cuomo is is not good enough for them. Okay, that Andrew Cuomo took an immense amount of pressure off of Donald Trump today. Regardless of how this turns out, if 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 they now fight a new battle over what the guidelines for the reopening are going to be in the next few weeks, or if or if the teacher unions say we lost this one, back to work. Whatever the whatever one they go with. To me, I agree. this makes Trump's case easier either way. Andrew Andrew Cuomo disagree. gave Trump political capital and benefit that, frankly, he has not earned with some of his own actions. But but to be but if I'm sitting in in, in Trump campaign land right now, I'm also thinking to myself, dude, we were just damn due to get a break at some point. Mm-hmm. At some point, we yeah. got to catch a break. All right. At some point, we do, and you caught one from the governor of New York today. No, I totally agree. I'm just simply saying a, a total reopening going forward is not a fait accompli at no, this point. That's no. all I'm saying. I but, agree with that, but this is a massive step yes. in that direction. Yes, it is. It's the biggest step I think we have taken since the beginning of May. 
It, it's, it's the biggest step that's been taken since the protests. At the very least, it's yeah. that. At the very least, it's that. All right, let's get to some more emails. This is from Andy. I love your show, but I have to bust your chops on this vote for Trump because it will be worse if Biden wins stick that you rebelled against four years ago. Why the change? You're telling us to vote the lesser of two evils, which is wrong. I don't want to see Biden win either, but unless something changes in the next 90 days, it seems like we would be putting Band-Aids on gangrene. If we're going to get healthy, it is going to hurt a lot. Revival is our only true hope here. We need the Holy Spirit to change our culture one heart and mind at a time. I truly do love your show and watch nearly every day um uh, and i don't watch network tv at all so i usually i uh, get my news from shows like yours god bless andy andy thank you for you know number one um i'm i'm not telling you to vote for the lesser of of two evils did i make that case the other day no no and now just to reiterate everything and i've said this all my career because because our show's been having this lesser of two evils debate pretty much my entire career for the last 10 years Everything in life is the lesser of two evils. Everything is. Could I find a better editor and assistant than you? Sure. Sure. Could you find a better boss than me? Sure. Yeah. Aaron, could I find a better producer than you? Yeah. Could you find a better uh, show host than me to work for? Absolutely not. But yes. (laughs) Everything in life. That's the fallacy of the lesser of two evils. That's the frustration with it. We can't quantify it because everything in life is the lesser of two evils. Everything is. My wife could have married somebody better. All right. We can debate whether I could have. Okay, but ultimately, there's always something better than you. There's always a better option that you wished you had than the ones that you do. Everything in life, east of Eden, absolutely everything is the lesser of two evils. That's why it is a fallacy to use as a, as a utilitarian justification. Because it, it, does, it justifies everything and nothing at the exact same time. It's a fallacy. It, it has no logic or reason behind it. Everything is the lesser of two evils and nothing is, right? Unless you're Jesus Christ and you can change history sovereignly yourself, then at some point you are going to have to, if not almost every point in life, make some kind of choice based on the lesser of two evils because you're not given too many perfect choices. That's number one. Number two, when I laid out why I'm voting for Donald Trump this time, the first thing I said was, if you don't want to vote for him, if he has, if voting for him has violated your conscience, did I not say, don't do it? Right. Don't do it. And did I, did I not even go so far as to say, it isn't like he hasn't given you reasons to come to that conclusion? Yes, I did. I was specifically messaging people who were on the fence like I had been. Thirdly, I gave a very specific reason. I, I'm not. I, I would. I, I. I wouldn't tell anybody to vote for Donald Trump for better judicial nominations. Okay, been there, done that, bought the T-shirt. Okay, I mean that's a fallacy. To me, this is a self-defense mechanism because if we give the progressives in Washington and Silicon Valley total control of the flow of information, Andy, you're not going to get to send me emails like this in their in their future. You're not. Emails like this, you might as well call your, you might as well name, Andy, you might as well name yourself hydroxychloroquine, okay? I mean, we just watch them literally say, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to accept research that may save people's lives because we're trying to fix the outcome of an election here. I mean, if we're going to those extent, extents right on in the open, then at that point, in my opinion, everything is fair game. Now. Aaron, have I been hounding your ass for the last week to vote for Donald Trump? Hell no. No. Have I done this to you? No. No. 
Like, honestly, full stop. If, if you tell us, I don't care who you are, I, I'm not voting for Donald Trump. I can't, like, it, it, my heart rate and blood pressure don't change at all. Like, cool, no. whatever. Yeah, I don't, I, care I don't care at that level. What was my reaction yeah. when you said it? I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, tr- I, I, so, and, and by the way, this isn't four years ago. Here's why. He's also been the president of the United States. Four years ago, we had no record, had held no office, had done nothing to support any cause. I mean, I'm pretty connected in conservative political activism. I may not be one of the biggest names in conservative media, but I'm pretty well connected within the activism circles around the country, guys. And until 2015, I'd never heard the name Steve Bannon and never seen any evidence at all Donald Trump gave uh, uh, you know, well, with Trump a little earlier because he started calling me like 2014. So until 2014, I had no evidence really that Donald Trump really cared whatsoever about what we care about other than when I was on the Gingrich campaign and he was open to endorsing either us or Romney because he didn't want a second term of Obama. That was it. I'd never seen him. I'd never, the groups and stuff I've worked with or know, they weren't like calling him up as on their donor lists, you know? I mean, he wasn't, you know, like the Koch brothers or Sheldon Adelson, you know, names you've heard in the media. Um, who's the guy that uh, was uh, the who's funny? Who's the, who said uh, about the birth control pill between your knees? That was Rick Santorum's big guy. Remember, I'm talking about he. He's not any of those names. People, conservatives weren't going to Trump Tower to get donor checks from him. There was no record that he cared about anything we cared about. Really, until he started running for president. But now he's been president. He's made decisions. All right, You can't act like things aren't different. Now, you may not like the decisions he's made, and those decisions may not have merit earned your vote. That's a totally different conversation. But to just say it's the same thing as four years ago, it's not. He has a record. He has done things. Right? Either Brett Kavanaugh is a good justice or he's not. Either Neil Gorsuch is a good justice or he's not. Either they moved the embassy to Jerusalem or they didn't. Either they cut taxes or they didn't. Either they cut spending or they didn't. Right? Okay. Some of those things they did, some of them they didn't. But he has a record. It's a lot different. Does that make sense? Of course. It's a lot different voting based on a guy's record than voting on something theoretical at that point. But thank you for the note. Massimo says, considering the success that your show is now rightfully having and how poorly focused the president looks in their reelection effort. If asked, would you accept to lead his 2020 election campaign? And if yes, under what conditions? What do you guys think my answer to this would be? Uh, yes, under conditions. What Are these conditions, do we have a somehow... <laughs> t- talismanic guarantee that they're going to be adhered to well all right so let me answer the first part first of all massimo is a cool name number one number two hell yeah i take that gig okay but aaron is right with conditions but really i only have one i only report directly to donald trump i don't ever meet individually with jared kushner or any member of the family Ever. And now we get to your question, right? How do we adhere, show, how do we know that those things are adhered to? 
And I would just make it a blanket. Like, I don't mind Don Jr. I like a lot of things he tweets. But I would just make it a blanket thing so it wouldn't look like I'm just singling out Javaka. All right? I don't work. This isn't the Trump family re-election campaign. It's the Donald J. Trump re-election campaign. I only report directly to you. Period. Here's how you know that'd be adhered to. Because the minute it wasn't, I'd walk away. Okay, I'm out. Cool. I I walked away from the guy once. That was the hard part. Hard part was walking away from a billionaire the first time. All right? Doing it a second time, it's a cinch. All right? That's how you know. Because if it wasn't, I'd just walk out. Okay. I'll just... Cool. 5,000 G, pour one out. That, that's what I would do. I'd just walk out. So hell yeah, I'd do it. But those would be my only conditions. I, I report only directly to the president. I serve at your leisure. I'm here to get you reelected. And I don't report to anybody else. I don't even want them in the conversations and meetings that I have with you. Just you and me one-on-one. -on -one. Well, then that, those conditions would never be accepted. Then I guess I don't have to worry about that, there making that choice then, right? There you go. I mean, the money that they're sitting on, the war chest they have, the material that the Democratic Party, with a dementia patient as its standard bearer, has offered up you don't think dude that's like ask you just you just went to george Patton and said hey what do you think about running a fleet of enola gays think he's going to be like nah. he's gonna be like when do i start hell yeah i would take that I mean, the amount of, and I would be doing it with an eye, not just on this election, but the future. Like you, the old phrase, bombing people back to the stone age. Like my goal would be not to, to, in, in the process of getting this guy reelected to make some of the views that they have brought to the mainstream so toxic. Like, like the word liberal. Yeah, or the, exactly like that's what Reagan did to the word liberal. Yep. Yeah. The, 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 you know, uh, some dude who feels pretty taking your, taking your, your daughter's place on a, on a, on a, on a track team. I, I'd make these things beyond radioactive so that for the years to come, it, they, it'd be like going back to a Chernobyl. It, it would be like a place where a nuclear weapon was dropped and there's a certain amount of fallout period before it can have civilization can be can 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 safely come into contact with it again. It would be if you thought you loved the smell of napalm in the morning. You're going to love it in the mid morning. Pip and Mary second breakfast. All right. You're going to love it at noon. You're going to love a little, you know, happy hour. You're going to love it for dinner. And then we're going to have a nightcap. All right. And then, in fact, we're going to bed together. You're sleeping with that napalm. You're, you and that napalm are having conjugal visits. Okay. I would absolutely spend every dollar they had. The dumbest thing I've, I think I've ever seen in my career on the right in politics was when the Republican Party bragged about how much money it had left after it lost the 2012 election. That's like, hey, look at all the soldiers we saved as we signed the unconditional surrender papers. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
no, no, this, in fact, I better stop. I'm, I'm starting to fantasize about this now a little bit. You would also have okay. to be fine being relatively anonymous doing this because Trump is fine having you do things for him and having success doing it if it benefits him and you're not. But if you start, if, it's, if, you, if you yeah, get too much credit that. for this, yeah, I don't care about it. Yeah. That's not good for I don't, him. I don't, I'm fine being the, the wonder kid behind the scenes. See, I don't care but, about any of that stuff. I don't care. I don't. You know me. I, you know, we don't sit here and like find out what our you know uh, we don't google that stuff i we couldn't tell you i i couldn't tell you where my podcast ranks i don't have a friggin' clue okay i don't care about that stuff i would just be in a control room man with the war of 1812 overture and john williams superman theme long version throw in some hail to the victors and we just have those three things on loop and i would just be in there just Remember that game Missile Command when we were kids? I do. And it just got so fast that you just couldn't keep yes. up? I would friggin' blitzkrieg them. That's what I would do. I would make them ashamed of half of the things they believe in. That's what I would do. Because to me, this is a generational opportunity. It's not just about November 3rd. You have a chance, to, like in 1984, to, you know, you have a chance to reset the board. To make certain things so taboo and toxic, you'll never have to argue those issues again the rest of your adult life. That's what I would be looking at. Total and complete annihilation. Yes. More in a moment. Trying to sell your home is always challenging. That's why you need a real estate agent who's going to come in and take charge of the situation for you. Need the house painted? Talk to somebody who does that. Need to replace the stairs in the backyard? You know, there's a phone number for that. Roof repair? You may know a guy. But realestateagentsitrust.com is where you can go to find the agent that you're looking for. Someone who understands they're working for you. And rest assured, if you're going in, they're all in with you. You are in a in the hands of somebody who's capable, whose record and track record of success has been fully vetted. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listed on the website, which says it all. Realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're going into this market as uncertain as it is, Make sure you go in with an agent that you can trust. First of all, do that in any market. And that was true six months ago before all of this began. Find an agent you can trust. Where can you find them? On the website. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let's get back to some feedback Friday. This is from Jim Wong. I've been meaning to write to say hello and express my gratitude for a few weeks now. I'm a regular viewer of your show through YouTube. And the other day when you slyly donned your John Riggins throwback jersey, I took that as a sign to finally write because I'm a lifelong Redskins fan who was born and raised in the suburbs of Northern Virginia, just outside of D.C. Uh, I first heard of you guys' show through the good folks over at Cross Politic. So thank you. Shout out to them out there uh, at uh, St. Andrews College. 
Uh, you guys have also had a direct impact on my family uh, through your ads for Freedom Project Academy. We eventually decided to enroll my son and daughter in the school starting next month. They're nine and six years old. We're very excited about that. Ironically, I've never been more appreciative to be an American now, halfway around the world in South Korea. We've lived here almost five years now, and I teach English language classes at Yonsei University. I think it's Yonsei, maybe, which was founded in 1885 by Protestant missionaries, but has been overrun by leftist ideology, just like so many other institutions of higher learning. As you pointed out on a recent show, um, we are over, we're getting overrun likely by a minority of, of voices. Sadly, most Koreans get their news about America exclusively from sources like CNN or the New York Times. I've always been able to build a rapport with my students, and by and large, they seem like impressionable young men and women who have been indoctrinated with the panic porn, not only about COVID-19, but global warming and the supposed epidemic of racism and systemic oppression uh, in America. I've used the few occasions I've had in my classes to speak truth, if not at least offer another perspective on issues like this. To date, I've been free to speak and have used my modest platform to do so, but I know it only takes one student to make an accusation that I am being some kind of a bigot to tarnish my reputation and sabotage enrollment in my classes, and that's exactly what seems to be happening right now to a colleague of mine. All this is to say, I also believe it's revival or bust, and I just pray for wisdom, courage, and love for all of us who acknowledge Christ as Lord and want to proclaim the truth. Thanks for all you guys do. Keep up the good work. Um, that's from Jim Huang. That's a great note, Jim. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. Let's go to Brian next. He says, I'm a sanitation worker. I'm employed by the largest sanitation company in the U.S. I run numerous residential trash routes in many different cities and towns. My truck is a manual side loading garbage truck. This means I literally have to get out at every home and physically maneuver trash toters into place. I pick up trash cans and bags and throw them into the truck. Every single day, I service anywhere from 650 to 900 homes. I do this daily and have done this every single day during this entire COVID. COVID pandemic. When the pandemic first hit, I was justifiably nervous, not knowing any information regarding the virus, yet I still showed up to work every day and performed my duties. It makes me sick that with all the information now available, teachers are still afraid to return to work, and yet they would be the first ones complaining if their household garbage was not removed due to health and safety concerns by people like me. I can say at my site, we have workers of all ages and races. We have many employees in their 60s getting ready to retire. We all show up and do our jobs. None of us have been sick. I have a difficult time believing this virus is as serious as we're being told when sanitation workers are exposed daily to hundreds and hundreds of homes and are not getting sick. That's from Brian. Let me add this too from the sanitation aspect. COVID shows up in human waste. COVID shows up in human waste. So even though septic would handle much of that in the neighborhoods you go into, I don't know. I mean, I don't have to wear one yet, so I'm not aware of this, but do you flush adult diapers down the toilet? Because we didn't flush baby diapers down the toilet, right? Do you flush down? It depends. Is it safe to flush those down your septic to clog it? I don't know. I mean, if you can't, I would guess no. If you can't flush a baby diaper, which is much smaller, Right for a baby human, if you want flushing those down the septic, let alone cleaning wipes, I, I doubt for a grown adult, an adult diaper's safe to be flushing down there. Right. Right. So, yeah, COVID shows up in human waste. That that that's another thing if you're working in that line of work. 
PJ Morrow says, if we all just identify as mask wearers, then the problem will go away. Correct. <laughs> yes. If this was Twitter, we would end this. The next line would be, am I doing this right? Yeah. Um, uh, okay. I had to share this with you. I'm going to withhold her name just in case. All right. I had to share this with you. You made me laugh at my husband. We were being intimate and he pulls out special flavoring and says, I've got the flavor flave. What pops in my head though, was you from your show talking about wearing ventilators around your neck with a gold chain, like flavor Flav. I just broke out laughing. The worst part was my husband had no clue why I tried to explain it to him, but he just shook his head. Thank you for the distracted humor. I am still laughing and picturing you walking around like Flavor Flay with a ventilator hanging off your chest. Pimp it, bro. Keep it up. In my many moons of doing this now. <laughs> this is the very first time as a spider tries crawling across my desk. Get away. Um, this is the very first time ever. Hopefully the last. I have gotten an email from uh, anyone, male or female, saying that um, I came up <laughs> during the, uh, during a, a uh, or popped into their head during a certain time of intimacy. This is Steve giving himself his own helmet sticker right now. That does feel like a box checked, doesn't it? <laughs> it kind of does. Right? Aaron hasn't been through his midlife crises yet. I would expect a little more sympathy from you. Okay? I, like, I cannot wait to go home and tell my wife this. All right? It, it does kind of feel like... I mean, a little bit, doesn't it? No? Tough crowd. Were you going to say something? I'm speechless. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I do still like the flavor flavor idea, though. Right? How many, how many tangents are you going to find to this so you can keep talking about this? <laughs> All right. Listen to this. Okay. This is from Christopher Shepard in Charleston, South Carolina. In 1889 and 1893, Ingersoll Lockwood, a New York lawyer and writer, published two books about a young boy who went on a fantastical journey beginning in Russia. The name of the boy is Baron Trump, and he is helped along the way by uh, a man named Don Fume. Coincidence? Well, in 1896, Lockwood published another short book titled 1900, or The Last President. Its plot revolves around the election of 1896, which was held on November the 3rd, and how the U.S. had just elected a populist candidate as president and populist members of Congress. Initially, after the election, mobs converge in New York City, which sets off riots and immediately overwhelms the police who warn the citizens to stay inside their homes. The mobs are ecstatic because they believe they finally have a president who is one of them. The new president puts together his cabinet, and interestingly enough, one of his cabinet secretaries is a man named Leif Pence. 
He also mentions how he must tear down what he perceived as the corrupt institutions in American society. Throughout the book, the reader sees that Congress gets more and more radicalized, even mentioning how the midterm election held November 8th, 1898, led to even more extreme people elected to Congress. In the end, a falling out occurs by 1900, overpaying money to Confederate veterans, and the Capitol building is destroyed by an explosion. The U.S. breaks apart into sections with their own centers of power, similar to events leading to the Civil War, and the radical socialist is deemed the last president of the Republic. Was this prophecy? Well, one last thing. In 1892, the Ingersoll Watch Company was established. It produced a famous pocket it produced famous pocket watches, and one of its most famous pocket watches was called the Ingersoll Trump Watch. What? Now, I don't know if this is true. But dude, if you just made this up, Christopher, I'm impressed either way like i'm impressed if this is true and then i'm just as impressed for different reasons if you just made this whole thing up dude you're in the wrong whatever you're doing for a living if you made this up you are in the wrong line of work so todd here's what i want you to do right now i want you to google all right 1900 or the last president and i i've not i did not do this on purpose I don't know if this book exists. Oh, I just Googled it. it. You Googled it? it. Does it exist? Yep. Yeah. So this is a thing. Was there such a thing as an Ingersoll? It's spelled like Ingersoll Avenue here in town. As an Ingersoll watch company. Is that true? Does that, did you guys get any results on that? Does that come up when you type that in? Ingersoll watches reviews. Ingersoll watch company. Yep. Yep. So we've at least got some prima facie confirmation here to this. Huh? That's kind of like watching one of those mentalists on America's Got Talent kind of stuff, right? We, we just we, did more research on this on, than on whether Sweden exists, so I think we're good. <laughs> so who, who, who does he attribute Ing- the Ingersoll Watch Company to? Um, he just says it's, that's the name of it, the Ingersoll Watch Company. Created um, by? Uh, let me see. Was it the guy named? Was it the same author or? No, it was. Oh. Um, now you have me all confused. I'm confused now too. Yeah, I'm confused. Um, what about this Lockwood? Does he exist? It's um, what's his name? I had it at the beginning of the email. Lockwood Ingersoll. Yeah. Ingersoll Lockwood. Ingersoll Lockwood. Yes. It's like we totally just forgot what we just read. <laughs> Ingersoll Lockwood, yeah, Ingersoll Lockwood books. Yeah. Ingersoll Lockwood Baron Trump. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, Baron Trump. So this novels. is for this is legit then. That's nuts, Baron. man. That's some that is some real Rod Serling feces right there. Yeah. And how did you know this? How did you come up with this, by the way? Like how do you discover now I know how I make other people feel sometimes. <laughs> how did you discover this evidence? This information? Speaking of evidence and information, can I throw something your way because I want your take on it before the weekend? You bet. This is the Hills reporting this, but Senator Schumer is out there now. Quote, if we don't open up the schools, you're going to hurt the economy significantly. They must have got some polling on this, the Democrats. That that tells you right there. Yeah. That this is just. That tells you right there. This is a big time loser issue. They're losing their ass on this. Yep. No question about it. 
Now, it, it puts Chuck Schumer in a difficult position because he's trying to recapture the Senate this year. And this is his home state where Cuomo was doing this, right? Right. And we were even we were having the conversation during the last break. It, there's probably a difference in the texts and emails that Andrew Cuomo and his political operation are getting from within the state of New York compared to Democrats everywhere else outside the New York outside of New York probably think you, this is like, dude, you just did the political equivalent of pops bursting into the hotel room on you on your wedding night. That's what you guys just did here, right? I mean, we had this thing rolling. And then you guys just come in and knife us like this. This tells you that that they had lost the argument. And however however much the Democratic Party, the, the teacher unions may be symbiote relationship between the two, the political fallout of that relationship was going to be catastrophic mm-hmm. for them. That's what it tells you. It's a loser issue. Which also tells you now because now that the senator has said this is he's nationalized it now yes i i really think i really think this is a game-changing moment guys i do what's the date today august 7th yep it well i think this feels like this feels like the that week in june after after floyd's death I, I think March 12th was the date that all the stuff started getting canceled, including the NCAA tournament, if I remember right, right? This this feels like a line of demarcation in the year 2020. It's a game-changing moment until the game changes again. I mean, that's... Agreed. There, listen, there's, there's, there's going to be more. Yeah. I don't... But that doesn't mean they'll be bigger than this moment, though. This is a pretty big moment because it's 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 the linchpin to the whole return to... Nor- it's the biggest step to, to normalcy in the country and the culture. It's the kids returning to school because it's, it's because it's a mass quarantine event that we've been undergoing. And if this reminds me also, remember when, when they shut the government down over amnesty yeah, and, and Trump and, and Trump offered them twice the DACA amnesty numbers that they, and the, yeah. and, the and Schumer came back and said, right. well, unless we're giving amnesty to everybody, then it's no deal. And they came back on Monday and said, okay, yeah, let's reopen the country. We'll take the deal. That show, we talked at the time, that showed you what their numbers, their numbers people might have come to them and said, you cannot make an argument that we're not going to fund veterans hospitals. So, because right. we don't have, we haven't legalized enough illegal aliens. Mm-hmm. You're going to get creamed if you, if you, if that's your messaging, right? This strikes me as maybe they have been given some similar data here. I will also tell you, and I mentioned this earlier, how aggressive Redfield at CDC has been on this. Right. We didn't have time to get into this today. We're going to talk about it on Monday. But if you go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Steve Dace, if you go to my parlor accounts uh, at Steve Dace or Twitter at Steve Dace Show, you're going to see for the first time now, our CDC has provided stratified data like every other country has on age groups and risk and infections and deaths of COVID-19 through August the 1st. And the numbers are right along the lines of staggering reality check to the to the video that we did here on our show a couple of days ago. I mean, essentially, people under the age of 59 or under the age of 55, or I'm sorry, under the age of 74 are 7% of the entire population. And yet, people over the age of 74 are 59% of all the deaths of coronavirus. So, 
maybe the worm's starting to turn here a little bit. Agreed. Have a great weekend, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.